you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy Hellman. hello it is great to be back with you i am in a particularly chipper mood and for one it's because it's like 70 degrees outside and it's november and that just thrills me beyond belief it's like i get this extended summer spring i don't know what but i'm here for it because i'm still not even wearing a coat so that's been delightfully energizing and has done wonders for just my mood and everything in general. But the other reason I am riding high is because so many of you joined me for the webinar today. So I had a webinar, The Three Secrets for Becoming an Interior Designer Who Gets Paid. And the thing that was so exciting for me was that it was my very first webinar. I've attended webinars. I've seen other people give them, but I never personally gave a webinar and I was a little nervous. I was planning for it and thinking about it and asking my friends who run webinars regularly and are total pros. And then I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to dive in and get it done. And of course, it was great that it went off without a hitch. But the other reason that was great is that I actually had so much fun. I got to meet you from around the world. There are people from Ireland, Scotland, Australia, and of course, the United States. We got to kind of talk about what it looks like to have a passion for interior design and how you really get to money because there's so many circuitous paths or so many people don't have that clear vision. And there's only so many visions that you really can have. So it's not hard to get clarity, but sometimes you need somebody who's already been there before you to say, well, the options aren't limitless. There are some clearly trod paths here. Let me show you the six paths. You pick one and I'll tell you what you need to get there, right? Having that person who's been on that road before you can be so helpful. And I really felt like not only was the podcast, or I'm sorry, webinar, webinar, energizing, but also I think it really helped a lot of people. I got feedback afterwards, letting me know how great it was. And bottom line is I had a blast. Isn't that what matters? That I had fun? 
so because it was such a success and because lots of people wrote me that they weren't able to come on the 3rd for whatever reason, I'm going to be hosting another one in January. So stay tuned. I will host another webinar in January. Going to give us all a small break, uh, but I'm just excited. I'm excited that it went well. I'm excited that I turned my nerves into action. And guys, anytime you're trying something new, whether it's embarking on a new career or doing a webinar or whatever, there is that kind of leap, right? Where you're going from something that you know concretely, like Little Island, jumping to another island that you know is going to be safe, right? But it's the leap in between that's scary. It's the leap in between these two islands where there's nothing there to catch you. But that's where the growth takes place. Staying inside your comfort zone, staying on that comfortable little island won't get you anywhere beyond that. I'm really excited that I took the leap. It wasn't even all that scary. The two islands weren't all that far apart. But for some reason, it felt like I was going to another world. And I just had so much fun in my new world. So I took a leap. And who knows what my next step will be. But I know I want to do this again in January. That's for sure. Hopefully, you guys are already thinking about a leap you want to take personally, professionally. Always be leaping. Always be striving. It's nice to kind of rest on our laurels and stay where it's safe, but it can be really inspiring and motivating to stretch even just a little bit, even just a little bit. Okay. Uh, I also want to talk about something very exciting. So tis the season, right? Now that Halloween is over, everybody's talking Christmas already. So I'm going to go there as well. Tis the season, not only for gratitude with Thanksgiving, but for gift giving with the holidays fast approaching. And I would like to show gratitude for you, and I would like to give you guys gifts. So for the month of November, if you write us a review on iTunes in the month of November, I'm going to enter everybody into a drawing, and three people are going to win an online class. This online class is going to be my feng shui class. The reason I'm highlighting the feng shui class is I feel that it's least asked about on the podcast. So that class might be full of new information that a lot of you haven't heard. If you want to win my podcast class or my, oh my goodness, I'm writing such a high that my tongue is getting twisted. If you want to win my online course about feng shui, typically $40, but it's going to be free for you. All you have to do is go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, tell people why you like the show because it helps us get visibility and it helps us to grow. I'm going to randomly pick three people at the end of November, and I'm going to send them my online class. All right, everyone. That's what's going on in my world. Somebody at the beginning of the webinar did make me very uncomfortable. They did. We were on early, and I was sitting there kind of just, you know, making some banter, talking about things before we kicked everything off. And the person said, Betsy, how's your new house going? And I shared that it's not going all that well. <laughs> I have grand plans. I have beautiful designs. When I moved to Westchester six years ago from Brooklyn, that was a big move, an apartment to my first house since I was like 18 living at home with my mom. That was a huge jump, but my business wasn't as busy. I didn't have the podcast, so it must have been seven years ago. 
Anyway, it's all a blur. My business was not as busy. I didn't have as many hats as I do now professionally in terms of roles and responsibilities. My kids were a little bit younger, which was both easier and harder, but there were no supply chain issues. If I wanted to buy something, everything was ready now. And I had a month overlap between buying the new house and having to leave the apartment. So everything was set up. And my mood, my energy level, my outlook is deeply based on how I feel in my space. If my space is cluttered and chaotic, I feel cluttered and chaotic. If we don't have zones for, you know, an entryway when you walk in, where are people putting their coats, their mail, their keys, their shoes, then it just devolves and I'm grumpy from the minute I walk in. Now I managed to quell that grumpiness because in my current state of affairs, my house is in such disarray that I would just be a beast. And it's been three months. Now, why has it been three months and it's still chaos? Because out here in Connecticut, I don't have my same handyman team. When I was in Westchester, my handyman literally lived less than a mile away. He would come over at the drop of a hat. He was so amazing and so experienced. I just had a lot of support. Also, I could get anything in two weeks because supply chain issues were not a thing. And I had a lot more bandwidth and a lot smaller of a house. Now I have more space, more items needed, less time to do it in, no reliable team that I've known for a while. I'm building connections, but I don't have it yet. And it's just overwhelming. It feels like it's never going to end. And I know it is going to end, but... um, I just don't like a drawn out timeline. It's already been three months and I can't keep living like this. And I mean, I'll be lucky if by Thanksgiving I have more of a clear (laughs) entryway. Ah, shoes are really everywhere and boxes are everywhere and everything's so heavy. I can't do it myself and blah, 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 blah. I'm trying to give myself grace, but I'm also tired of complaining about it to you, my podcast listeners. Hopefully it's made you feel less alone if you're moving and experiencing issues. But as an interior designer, I feel like I have to have my proverbial stuff together. I feel like I need to be the model of making moving look seamless and making implementing a design plan look easy. And that's not how it's going right now. So I'll try to stop dwelling on the negativity, especially because the weather's so nice. Come on now. Even if the shoes and the mail are akimbo, I can just look outside and see the beautiful fall leaves and I'm still wearing a t-shirt. What what could be better than that? All right, everyone. Well, thank you for listening and thank you for coming to the webinar and thank you for your support in general. Now I'm going to support you by answering a letter in the mailbag. So let's dig right in. My letter comes from Christina. Christina's writing all the way from San Francisco, and she says, Betsy, I would love an open concept living room kitchen. The issue is it's a fairly small space as I live in an apartment. I'm thinking of placing a sofa up against the kitchen bar like you see in this photo on Etsy. I really don't want to have stools on the bar. Would you recommend that, or am I wasting space? Should I leave it closed and put the sofa against the wall? Thank you. All right. I'm happy to help. Your picture is somewhat illuminating, Christina, but I have more questions because this isn't just an inspiration picture from Etsy and it's not actually your life. 
let me ask you some questions about what's really going on in your space. So you mentioned that you have a bar or maybe a peninsula that sticks out from the wall. I'm just imagining in your kitchen, it's probably counter height, right? Which would be 36 inches from the floor to the top of the counter. And you don't want to put any stools there. Well, that's totally fine as long as there's no lip. So if the countertop is flush with the sheetrock or the cabinetry or whatever is underneath the countertop, then that's absolutely fine. And I feel like you could treat it as a pony wall or a half wall and put furniture against it. I think that would work really well. However, if there is a lip of two inches or more, say there's six inches, say there's 12 inches, I do not want you tucking your couch underneath the countertop lip. First of all, it's going to look weird. Second of all, it's going to look like, where are the stools? Something's missing. It really needs to look like a partial wall in order to achieve this effect successfully. Because in the picture, it doesn't actually look like there's a countertop butting up against the back of the sofa. It actually looks more like a sofa table, which is a small, thin table that's roughly the height of the back of the sofa and extends along the back so that you don't see the back of the sofa, so that you can put display, etc. Because what you want to do with a sofa table type effect is you want the sofa table to be at the same height as the back of the sofa or lower. Now, most sofas are going to be under 36 inches high on their back, even if the cushions make it higher than the 36 inches, which is already pretty rare. The actual firm back of the sofa would be less than 36 inches, typically between 28 and 32. That's why it's very critical that you're not trying to make this look like a sofa table. Rather, you're trying to make it look like a wall. No overhang, remember, or you're going to need to do stools and put this sofa elsewhere. But if it's flush, I think you're good to go. And I give you the green light to put your sofa just like you see in this picture. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, beautifying your home for less, styling your home, and the fundamentals of feng shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. All right. My next question comes from Boston. Sue is writing and she says, hi, Betsy, I'm looking for a bedroom chandelier. I like the beaded look. My question is, can I go with something more affordable like this Pottery Barn teen light? Or should I buy something more expensive like the Pottery Barn light that's also shown? 
there isn't that much of a difference visually, but there's a big difference in price. Do you think people will notice? What are your thoughts? Okay. This brings me to a more general type answer. When an item is a little bit trendy or a little bit hot right now or just all the rage, I don't want to spend too much money on it because I know it's a fad and I know in a few months, maybe I'll get a couple years, that it's going to be obsolete, right? People are going to look at it and say, oh, that's dated. Oh, that was so 2022, right? We don't want to do that and invest a lot of money unless money's no object and then do whatever you want. It's so funny that you bring this up, Sue, because I recently bought my daughter a beaded fandelier. I know. Can you guys believe I, as a designer, bought a fandelier? But my daughter really likes ceiling fans, and I really don't like the look of ceiling fans. And they had this really affordable, really cool beaded kind of semi-flush fixture that has these clear acrylic blades that nest when you're not using them, so they disappear. And then when you turn them on, they're small and acrylic, but she gets the airflow without me getting the visual. And she really loved the concept, but I also know she's nine and she's going to love something one day and hate it the next. So I knew I didn't want to spend very much money on the light fixture. And I also know that beaded light fixtures are a little bit trendy. They were very popular three years ago. I don't see them going anywhere and it's not like they're super trendy, like say shiplap or something like that, where you could seriously pinpoint a moment in time and be completely accurate with your assessment of that trend. This may have more sort of longevity because it's less hot and less everywhere, less ubiquitous. Still, I don't like to invest a lot unless money is no object on trendy items. And I do love Pottery Barn Teen. There are so many things for Pottery Barn Teen that I buy for myself in my grown-up spaces because they're cool. They do not look age inappropriate, whatever that means, and they're more affordable. I have this beautiful memo board I'm actually looking at right over here that's scalloped and gilded in silver, and it's got like this beautiful arch. Oh my gosh, it just looks so expensive. And I got it on sale at PBT for $180, and I constantly love it, constantly. People remark on it. It's just inspiring. Uh, So you never know when you're going to find cool things. That being said, I'd want to know the price difference. And in the pictures, you haven't labeled which one is which, but I can clearly tell one is like a drop-down chandelier and the other is a semi-flush fixture. Well, it's actually flush to the ceiling, but it just hangs down pretty significantly. So it's got kind of the drop of a semi-flush while actually being flush to the ceiling. The semi-flush or flush fixture does look less expensive. It doesn't look as luxe. I would want to know the price difference. I would want to know the look of the room so I could be sure that I'm advising you that this more affordable fixture is the way to go. Also, the smaller fixture looks like it only has one bulb or the chandelier is so large that I think it would have multiple bulbs. So if you're actually weighing these two fixtures, I wouldn't think so much about the cost 
as I would about, you know, what size is best for the room? How much illumination do I need for the room? And what effect do I want in the room? Can I have something drop down and still have seven feet between the bottom of the fixture and the floor? That's a requisite measurement that I need to have in order to buy something that would hang this low. There we go, Sue. I think I did answer your question in a way, but I think I may have given you more questions to think about and measure for before you make that purchase. That's my job, isn't it? To give you an answer and then make it a little bit complicated so you have to find your own answer. Is that my job? (laughs) All right. Another question I have here in the mailbag comes all the way from Glendale, Queens in New York. And Elizabeth is writing and she says, I'm trying to put together my room. I don't know what color cocktail table to buy. Brown, blue, beige. Should the round side tables be dark to match the floor? I bought a media cabinet from Raymore and Flanagan. It's a Craftsman 60-inch in beige, and the top is beige. The curtains are a seafoam color with wheat color Roman shades. I don't think they complement one another. What do you suggest? I ordered Pottery Barn's Fay Linen Pillow Cover in tobacco. I need a radiator cover. Should I do white or brown? I don't know what is missing. I think my living room is okay, but I don't love it. Thank you for your help. Well, you have packed a lot of questions into a fairly succinct note. I am somewhat overwhelmed because I don't want to miss any of your questions, but let's take a look at this. So guys, if you are curious, you can head over to our YouTube channel, which is Affordable Interior Design on YouTube. And when you're there, you can see the images and you can get a sense. I just want to mention something, Elizabeth. I think I designed a space for you because the architecture of this room looks so familiar. If I didn't design a space for you, then I have designed one in your neighborhood because everything from the fireplace to the archway over the dining room with the stairs that step up, I mean, I'm having a real deja vu moment, which is pretty fun, but a little unnerving. Were you my client? I should Google that. All right. (laughs) Thank you for writing. Okay. Let's get down to it. Let's first talk about the living room in general. There's a word that I hate when people use. I really hate that you use the word love. Love has such extreme connotations. Love is this feeling like being struck by lightning that people are expecting the earth to move, everything to be different. Wow. Whoa. How did I ever live before I met this room, this person, whatever. Love is a dangerous word, maybe in life, but definitely in interior design. I don't want you to love anything, including your living room. I don't want you to love your living room, Elizabeth. I want you to really like everything. If you really like everything, if you really like your living room, if you really like the pieces in it, when something stops working, When the upholstery gets scratched by this adorable dog, when something breaks, you're not going to be devastated because you really liked it, but there's other options. This is not the only thing that could work. This is not the only thing you can have in your life. When we feel that love feeling, it's almost like this thing is irreplaceable. And then we're thinking more about the individual objects and not the whole of the room. 
it's truly key to think about the room in a holistic way rather than trying to break it up piece by piece or waiting to feel a special feeling that has so much associated with it. I want you to feel some emotional distance from your living room and I want you to go for really like. You asked me a lot of questions and I would like to answer them, but I don't feel like the questions you asked are the entirety of the problem. So first things first, I love that you have an inspiration piece, which appears to be this beautiful rug. I really love it and think it works really well in this space that has these dark beams, that has these beautiful light colored painted walls, that has high ceilings. I love that this patterned rug with the light blue, the yellows, the reds, and then the touches of navy works really well. I... I'm a little bit troubled that it's kind of the only colorful thing in the room besides a couple of toss pillows. I do love the blue drapes, but I think we need some artwork. Now, you're only showing me two angles of the room, so potentially there is artwork on the other side. Uh, I can see a mirror above the sofa, but that's not bringing us any more color. I just don't want the rug to be the liveliest thing in the room. So let's add some artwork. Let's add something else to give this room some visual interest. You do not, I repeat, do not need to match the furniture to the architecture of the space. So you have these very dark wood espresso colored beams, and then your flooring is more of a mid-tone wood that's got a warm hue, almost like a walnut tone. I do think it would be nice to bring some wood in here in the furniture because in both the TV stand that you've recommended as well as the end tables, you've opted for a cream or beige type look. And too much of that same painted wood kind of loses its uniqueness. So I do think that having a new texture in here would be nice. But the problem is, I think you're referring to this end table between the chairs and the chairs are brown and wood is typically in its natural form brown. And I don't want this whole side of the room to be brown town right? So we want to think about if I wasn't going to use wood, if I wasn't going to keep this painted wood table, what would I do? And I think about what texture is missing in here. We have glass. The end table lamps are glass and brass. So that is taken care of. One texture I'm not seeing is stone. So I think an end table that's marble would be beautiful. It could have a wooden frame because, you know, you're not just going to have a big old hunk of marble there. You're probably going to have slabs of metal that are tiered or something like that. I would go for a wood frame around the marble versus a metal frame since the lamps on top of the table will have the metal, that bronze and glass finish. When we're looking at a room, examining what's missing or what it needs, ask yourself, what material is not represented here? Have I used glass? Check. Have I used wood? Check. Have I used this painted wood? Yes. Check. Have I used stone? Have I used acrylic? Go through all the different materials you can think of to make sure that you're layering in a complex way rather than buying something redundant that you've already used. So that's my main feedback. I also think you could use a coffee table, right? And um, right now everything feels a little too cramped. Like there's a plastic, well, I'm assuming it's plastic. Sorry, Elizabeth, I got to call you out. There's a plastic plant kind of shoved in the corner, like a palm behind the floor lamp. The end table next to the sofa is kind of wedged 
by the fireplace. The one chair is overlapping the fireplace. So for me, this room feels a little too cluttered. And I would be focusing on reducing the number of items I have in the room and increasing the number of textures I have in the room. Because I think you're kind of reiterating the same texture rather than stretching yourself and looking for something new. Guys, if you're looking for something new, you won't want to miss my upcoming webinar in January. But also, let's see, what else is new? You could go to the YouTube channel and see new things there. You could see me talking rather than just hear me talking on the podcast. What else is new? Hmm. You could go outside and frolic in our beautiful 70-degree autumnal weather. Or you could write a review and be entered into the review contest. Head over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, let people know what you think about the show, and three people are going to win my online class about feng shui. Everyone, it's been so good to connect with you. I'm feeling so much gratitude, not only today, but all month long. And I'll be back with you very soon. Bye. You've asked for it, and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Katherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.